0: You're tuned into 9 to 5 Work Rebels with your host, Ebony Gale. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gems in Comms series special brought to you by 9 to 5 Work Rebels in association with Pants and Search, the award winning international exec search consultancy. I am Ebony Gale, your host for today, and I am super excited to be speaking with the lovely Jennifer Thomas. Who is head of communications, data and analytics at the London Stock Exchange Group? Welcome, Jennifer. Hi,
1: Ebony. Absolute pleasure to be here. So thank you.
0: Thank you for joining me. And just to give you a bit of an idea, this podcast is literally about, you know, celebrating people of colour within the communications industry in particular. Because we know that, you know, they've been plagued by the truths that are, you know, the industry is basically 91% white. But within that, there are lots of people of colour that are making some great moves. And I feel like this is our chance to give you guys your flowers. So well done to you for making some great moves within the comm sector. And you can tell us a bit about that in a moment, because I want to know, I want everyone to know about you and what you've (laughs) achieved. So let's start off with,
1: you tell us about yourself and what you do. Sure. Okay. So let me, let me try and get it nice and succinct for
2: you guys. Um, I like to describe myself as the, the corporate translator. And what do I, what do I mean by that? So corporate clearly obvious terms working in business. I have, you know, most of my career and most of my career has been in financial services, but I realized early on that I have a bit of a knack for taking either complex information. Um, I actually started in tech before I went into financial services, and I'm definitely not a tech person. Oh, wow. um, but just being able to distill sort of big ideas, complex ideas, and hit an audience, right, and get an audience to engage with it. I, I can articulate that now. Back then, I didn't know what that was. Um, <laughs> but I just realized it was something I was quite good at. And I enjoyed it so I've spent you know pretty much most of my career I, I'd say exploring communications and I think a lot of people sort of think communications is a bit one-dimensional although or, or know a certain aspect of comms and that's what they think all of comms is um and I've actually just been exploring so my bread and butter as I call it and my first love was corporate or financial communications and that brings together I think my business head um I did an economics degree so I'd like to think it brings some of the numbers in there although I say I do words not numbers um (laughs) but for me it's a nice balance of kind of bringing like my business brain with the creativity of communications and then I basically worked my way through the comms discipline so brand and um, consumer PR, sort of press office, more press office type communications, internal communications, sustainability. So, you know, I've, I've dabbled, shall we say, in all of the areas, yeah. um, just to sort of build up my experience. And the majority of that has been in financial services.
0: Oh, wow. That's really, really impressive. So have you always wanted to work in communications? You know, was you attracted to the industry or did you kind of just fall into it?
1: I definitely fell into it um, and
2: it, I, again I can look back now it's hindsight's a wonderful thing like I first wanted to be a dancer so I'd also say I have a dual degree in economics high and five dance. to that's you a whole other podcast.
0: high five but- <laughs> high five to that okay because that's what I work to do <laughs>
1: Right. I That's went to. I the, was like. I went to the school. Dancer. I
0: was thinking about dancing, but then you know, I took a marketing <laughs> module and was like, "Oh, this is really interesting."
2: <laughs> That's
0: so. But funny. you did
2: better than me. I didn't. I didn't even go really to a performance performing arts school. I just it was my love. It was my passion. So performing arts generally music. Um, and sport actually were sort of my great passions and I really thought I would do something along those lines for sort of the day job and the career but um, yeah I say I fell into communications because I definitely didn't study it I didn't do you know your sort of traditional communications English degrees journalism none of that so hardcore economics and then I realized "Hmm, politics not for me I don't actually really want to be an economist but I find it interesting (laughs) yeah Um, And a very long story that I'll make short Um, in my quest to return back to Britain, where I am born, London, where I'm born from going to university in America, I started working for a tech startup. So I mentioned a few minutes ago that I started in tech. I am definitely not a tech person, self-disclosure. No, not at all. Um, But loved working for this company, bit of a summer job just to get some cash through the door. Um, and a little bit like what you said, I, I started working um, in their marketing team. And I was like, oh, this is, this is a bit interesting. Mm. Um, and, you know, they were a small business, not big budgets, not big teams. Um, so everything was like guerrilla style, right? How can we do things on the cheap, but quick and effective? And I just started picking up a love for, again, it was probably more Marcoms. Right. Because um, they did everything, right? Yeah. Everything from pure marketing, advertising, <laughs> um you know website content all of yeah. it we used to do trade shows which oh cool you know, that's gonna be fun when it's
0: busy as well it's
2: amazing yeah got to travel all yeah. world. so it was really like multi and I just thought this is interesting I'll just say yeah. it's interesting um and in the midst of one of the summers I was working which was before my final year of uni uh the MD basically said to me would you want a full time role when you graduate? And I was like, me. <laughs> You're talking to me. Um, and he was like, yeah. And I, I had still one year to go of uni, right? And and I look back and I'm trying to remember. I th- I don't even think I really signed anything contractually. I think we had a few emails. <laughs> um, I was still living in America at the time. Wow. And I was like, I was like, yeah, why not? And in my head, I was like, come work here for a bit, see how it goes. Um, And that was it really. So did my whole full year. That's cool. Kept in contact with them. Yeah. Kept in contact. A bit of chit chat over email. Nothing overly formal. Agreed a rough salary. A start date. That was about it. Um, Rocked up. Packed my bags after graduation. Moved back to London. Turned up on the first day. And he said, oh, can we have a chat? And I thought, "Uh uh-oh. So he brings me into the office and he says, like, we've had a bit of a change here. I didn't want to tell you before you came, but, um, you know, the guy you were working with over the summer, and I was like, yeah, I don't think he's going to tell me I don't have a job, basically. Uh, yeah, well, he's gone, and there's another guy, you know, the guy that was doing sales. Yeah, he's left. So we have a couple of vacancies. Which one do you want to do? <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, well, I don't really have any sales experience, so...
0: Combs,
2: yeah, let's do combs. <laughs> let's,
0: do combs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> let's try that. And literally, that was the beginning. Honestly, I oh, know like, where to go. Wow, that, that is so cool, though. Crew. That's a great that the intro into it. Love but it. It's, it's for me, it's that you know, we talk a lot, you know, amongst ourselves and with mentees and people coming up through the industry about people seeing and identifying something in you that you often don't see in yourself and, yeah. and having the trust, right, to put yeah. you forward for something. You know, here I was fresh out of E. Um, and this guy's offering me quite a big job. And I had very little experience in it, if we're honest. But you know, what I later found out is going back to my I'm the corporate translator, is yeah. he was really impressed. I was the only non-tech person in the company. So everybody else, absolute expertise in tech. And he was like, you just came in and somehow you understood everything. You knew how to connect with our audiences. They were B2B and B2C. And most of their B2C customers just didn't really understand what they sold. Right. And I was a bit like, oh, I'll rewrite your website. You know, if I can understand it, they can understand it. Yeah. And, you know, that was the beginning. That, yeah. to me, was the beginning of something special.
0: That's great, though. They saw your passion. They saw that, obviously, you could take, like you said, yeah. the complex and make it very simple, which is an art. Yeah. That's, what that's, that's what we what do. That's what we do. I know. It's brilliant. I love your, your, your story. And that's amazing, though. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So yeah. I'm going to move you on a little bit, OK? So that's a great yeah. intro into how you got into it. <laughs> And the fact that you were, you know, you kind of fell into it. Absolutely, didn't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So so I'm going to move a little bit into lived experiences, right, within the the industry. So I feel like, you know, everyone's story is going to be very different. But I always like to ask the question, which is, when did you become aware of your ethnicity? And now for me, Mm -hmm. I really, obviously, you know, you're born in the skin you're in, you're born into your black family. You know, I'm acutely aware of that. But going to secondary school for me was like a, a real jolt. Because that's when I heard mm. about the Chelsea Smilers who were known to go around and take um, a razor blade and cut you across your face, a smile across your face if you are black yeah. or brown. So I remember hearing that going to school and I was going to school like an old road. So, you know, heading towards, yeah, you know, Bermondsey Ends. So I was like, yep. this is interesting, but also it made me really kind of petrified going to school. Very, very acutely aware of yeah. the fact that I am different. Mm. So that was my kind of moment of becoming really aware of the where you can be treated differently because of the scheme. Mm. What was
2: your yeah. story? Um, nothing quite as harrowing as that. Thank well, goodness that's gosh.
0: That, that's That's certainly
2: a way to um, make you think about who you are Our instantly, husbandly. right? Yeah. Um, but mine was similar and it's it sort of attached to education and school. So not secondary school, ironically, in a way. Um, I actually went to secondary school in Canada, really multiracial, mixed. So that that didn't quite hit it for me. Ironically, it's when I went to university, ah. um, which again might sound a bit odd and a bit late in life. <laughs> um, but as I mentioned, I went to uni in the US.
0: Yeah.
2: And the reason I became acutely aware, clearly the US has mm. a multitude of different cultures yeah. um, and, and uh, people from ethnic backgrounds. But it was my moment of what we would call Freshers' Week. I can't remember whatever they call it. Oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Freshers' um, Week, yep. Yeah yeah and you sort of land as you do and it was black people you go over here uh, latino latinx people you go over here white people you go over here and clearly this wasn't the voiceover they used that was
0: yeah no i get that it was it's literally just what what they were interpretation doing. i get it i get it yeah and, I head, i remember american just, universities quite a lot that,
2: it is it is yeah. and on one sense right it, it's not a complete criticism it You can understand the benefits because what they're doing is they're aligning you to your community uh, depending on what uni you go to your sororities frats all of that stuff so you have an identified community to connect with it so i could kind of at a cerebral level Mm -hmm. i get it but it was really odd for me because i hadn't grown up in that environment so i'd always grown up in really diverse and mixed environments right um, and I remember I had another friend who, although she was uh, American and um, uh, mixed race, she went to school in Europe. So we were both looking at each other like, what is this madness?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: and and look, I've got amazing friends still from that community, yeah. starting from that first day landing on campus. But it was a real moment through some of the conversations we were having that ironically, I, I felt disconnected from my own mm. community because I, I, I didn't actually feel like I had that much in common yeah from some of my other you know colleagues at university because most of them were American and not from you know uh, places outside of America so their Mm. history as we all know is very different yeah um you know I'm already ready to start talking about my Caribbean roots and where my parents are from and so your reference points are just really different. different and different is okay but it's different
0: yeah so that that for
2: me in a sort of
0: that's quite, that, but I can angel. understand that. Yeah, because that is quite yeah. a shock, especially coming from over here, to go to university and then right. that you're literally just segregated. It's like, what's going on? And we've just gone back no. for a few years. Like, I get it yes. in, terms yes. of, in terms of having communities, but to have it like that, that to me would be really quite stark. And for you, obviously, like me, we've got Caribbean roots, so we wouldn't necessarily identify with the yeah. American roots. And so then that creates exactly. a separation in itself. And then even for your mixed race yes. friend, like, where does she go? where does she go which
2: and it really was it was that binary at some points where it's like we've got an invitation to the the black party we've also got an invitation to the white party right which if you go to one does it make a statement about the other does it make a statement about who you are and until you really meet loads of people you know like over time it generally wasn't an issue at all yeah but the first few days weeks where you're you know i didn't know anybody i didn't go there with anybody that i knew so yeah. trying to build relationships and i didn't want to have mono relationships yeah I get right that. and it was a real sort of i don't know what statement i'm making or i'm supposed to make about yeah. who i am
0: yeah so it was really it was interesting. an interesting moment yeah that's yeah. really interesting actually because it's you know it flips it doesn't it it's really interesting I'm surprised as well because I take it you went to obviously it wasn't a historically back college because it had everybody there right no so no it's interesting that they still were so separated I think it's good to have the communities but it's interesting that it was so separated you know sounds so quiet you thing. know yeah yeah interesting but i'm
2: proud to say all of my friendships lasted the test of time still friends today oh, brilliant these diverse group of friends oh so
0: amazing amazing it, it does
2: work it was just it weird does.
0: yeah it must have been a bit of a yeah culture shock at, at first isn't it yeah i think it's it, it's got it, its positives but also it's got it, its negative yeah. so you know but you got through yeah, it so I'm amazing <laughs> i got through it got through it <laughs> all right so my other question for you would be um have you ever felt like your race or ethnicity has actually held you back in your career? And have you actually experienced or witnessed racism within the workplace and how was it handled? If you yeah,
1: it. yeah I'll, I'll take that in, in, in two parts. So yeah. I think there's
2: something about reflection and hindsight and sometimes you don't really fully understand what's happening in the moment when it's happening
1: yeah
2: and what do i mean by that so i think my personal story and as you said everybody's experience and journey is different right some similarities i'm sure we have a lot of common common yeah. ground but my experience and i you know I reference back to how i grew up right in complete diverse community so then you're in the workplace. Um, and actually, ironically, not that fintech. It was when I came into financial services. Wow. That was my second moment of difference.
0: Right.
2: And the fintech was very diverse, actually. Yeah. Tiny company, but really diverse. diverse. So again, I was like, yes, this is, this is familiar yeah. to me.
0: Financial service, not so much. No. So,
2: <laughs> you know, I kind of entered, yeah. And that that was a culture shock for yeah, me. And I be. think um, I was try to find myself at the same time. And probably at this stage, it's less about racism per se, but I think it's your, it points to your previous question, which is the moment when you really realize you're the minority, right? (laughs) You're the minority. And there, again, your reference points aren't the same. Your identity is not the same and how you therefore connect with people is not the same. So My experience sort of early career was feeling like at the time, I wouldn't say concretely and solely because of my race, I either wasn't progressing or progressing as quickly as I wanted to progress. Mm -hmm. But I do think looking back now, it has an impact. Right. And the impact both sits with me and it also sits with others. And the bit that sat with me as I on reflection I realized I was doing what my parents told me to do go work hard keep your head down and therefore you'll be rewarded you'll
0: be rewarded yeah doesn't always work that
2: way really familiar right yeah very familiar that's that's what a lot of us were brought up to do right and actually it worked for me in education in education it worked right in the workplace we all know that's not how it works exactly Mm -hmm. right and I found myself on this grind of working really hard but running on the spot Uh uh-huh and not getting as far as I wanted to as quickly as my peers yeah who weren't necessarily running as hard hard. working as hard Mm -hmm. yeah right
0: yeah
2: um and my response to that was just to work harder rather than kind of take in um what's happening around me and learn a different way of operating right Mm -hmm. so is that racism I think as we come to talk about it in 2022 given you know, the journey we've been on as a society globally over the last couple of years, we know a lot of that now is systemic and really built into the infrastructure Absolutely. of society, yeah. right? I didn't realize that back then. Right. So I kind of had to go on my own journey and learn, learn the rules of engagement is what I call it, right? Mm. The rules of engagement, which we all learn at various stages in our career of how to get on, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. How to
2: get on, the choices you have to make, the things you have to do. And I really took it upon myself to do that. I I stopped waiting to be rewarded by other people. And I was like, how do I navigate the system so that I'm there regardless? Some of that was about being, you know, you talked about the gems and the flowers, right? It was about, I have to be absolutely brilliant at what I do. And I don't mean that from an egotistical way, but in a, we all know average doesn't get us anywhere, right? You have to be. Way off the mark most of the time, just to be just about level. If you're lucky, yeah. right? So yeah. that's where I put my energy. I put my energy into relationships because we know in our world that is really important. We talk yeah. about opportunity, networking, being visible, having a voice. So all of that became priorities for me, and right. I I do think it put me in good stead. Um, good. Now back to the concrete. Have I experienced racism? yes is the short answer mm-hmm. i've experienced it everything from language comments um how i'm treated now thankfully not from close peers or bosses no but from the wider workforce sector right you know people you're interacting with in the yeah. industry yes i have um i've been really blessed to be surrounded by and to surround myself by allies.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and that points back to where I put my energy. I don't put my energy into people that don't want to be an ally.
0: Absolutely. I, just don't. Like that. I say yeah. no to that. That's great. And I've got a question about allyship later on. But yeah, good news. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me I have, and but has it held me back? Well I can sit here today and say, I'm going to say no, it hasn't held me back. But are there moments where it prevented me from moving as fast as I would have liked to have moved? Yes.
1: Yes. Sadly. Yes, yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. And for the points where you had witnessed or experienced racism, whether it be language or behavior towards you, how was that handled? Did you ever take a chance? Did you ever like escalate it? Or did you just kind of, or was it a case of you kind of just thought, you know what, I bet I'm not going to give you my energy? Like how did it, how was it handled?
2: Yeah. Um, I think when I first started experience, I was still quite junior. So, I didn't speak up. I didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, you all have, and I'm sure a lot of people can resonate, where you have that moment where you're like, did, did
0: that just it really happen to me? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Or you get home at me and you think, hold on, did yeah. that really happen? I wish I said yeah. this. I wish I said that. And it's like, yes, exactly. yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. And yeah. So, I had those moments. Um, and again, thankfully, it's never been to the extreme end where I had to raise a grievance. Um, in any situation thank goodness and then as we all do we get a bit older a bit more confident a bit wiser and now i just call it out uh-huh. i just call it out nice. and but again my point of reference is i and i do generally believe this now you know there are categories of people so are there racists in our society sadly yes yes most of the time i'm trying really hard not to engage with those people because the odds are they're not going to really change who they are for whatever reason, right? And I haven't got time, haven't got time, got things to do. So for the majority, which I'd like to call the ma- majority where some of the systemic stuff yeah. lies, yeah. I think a lot of it is lack of awareness and understanding and education. And I think yeah. that's what we've seen over the last couple of years. And that's yeah. a bit of the aha moment. Yeah. the work moment that a lot of people are having is really understanding the role that they can play in really affecting change and actually the impact even those subtle comments or the one-liners or the tone or you know whatever it is the impact that it has on us yeah. and I described it to one of my managers you know and just trying to get her to understand the impact it has is imagine you've got a white male who experiences comments which you would put in the bucket of disrespectful behavior, language, unfair behavior. Is that right? Definitely not. Is that acceptable in the workplace? Definitely not. Should mm. it be addressed? Definitely. And it would impact that individual regardless.
1: Absolutely.
2: So if that white male is here, imagine you overlaid it with a female, mm. she'd start down here.
1: Mm imagine
2: you then overlaid it with a black female she'd be down here
1: yeah then
2: a black male you see where i'm going right so it's this this whole idea that it you know things only impact us and somehow nobody else matters i i just don't think is the debate we're trying to have it's it's trying to get people to understand the impact is greater so the same thing can happen but what it does to us is a bigger impact because our point of reference and our starting point is lower
0: yeah absolutely that's the
2: way I describe it
0: that's 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 yeah absolutely I think you articulated that very well (laughs) and I suppose my next question which you kind of kind of led into I suppose what I was going to say was there ever a time that you wish you had spoke about something and of course you just mentioned you know hindsight you know being younger you maybe not would have been comfortable but you know going forward you call it out and I think that's great and kudos to you for you know being brave enough to call it out as well um so I want to talk about a time where you had to was there a time we've had to actually speak up and self-advocate would you say that was the conversation you had with a boss Was that like a key one for you yeah that that
2: was the key one Um, and look it's never easy right because we never want to be that person like sometimes you start to think look I don't want to be the problem child I want to be the one where everyone rolls their eyes and goes here we go (laughs) don't want to be that person but you know back to your previous couple Question of you know regrets i don't want to have any regrets either and when i do speak up yes okay it's 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 about me but it's bigger than me right, right. it's about the voices who aren't in the room it's about the people that aren't yet courageous enough right, to enough. speak up yeah. and so i i take that responsibility very seriously because it's bigger than me yeah. right it's bigger than me and it would be easy for me yeah. to just go oh, i've got energy for that do you know what i mean i'll just i'll let that one go. But then for me, I'm doing an absolute disservice for everybody that's coming through behind us, Behind us, right?
0: yeah, yeah. I yeah. yeah I and,
2: and we have a juicy. And when we think about our history, again, whatever your reference point is for our Black history, think about what those generations went through for us, right? Yeah. And in comparison, we have it a lot easier, right? Absolutely. So if all I need to do is call some stuff out and stamp it out, I should be able to do that
0: absolutely I, I agree be. with that I agree with that and I, th- <laughs> I feel like that as well because I feel like our ancestors don't feel quite so much and it's like it, we should be able to be brave enough to do this but again each one everyone everyone's situation is very different and it's nuanced yeah. it's also about you know doing what you feel comfortable with but you know where you can then you you know use your voice absolutely yes. agree with that okay so can you? Um, I want to speak about code switching, right? So I feel like code switching is something that, you know, everybody does actually, you know, whether you're white or black, I feel like we all kind of code switch. Um, so I wanted to ask do you feel like there'll be ever a time when we can just leave with our authentic voices within the workplace, or will we forever be code switching?
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> This is a toughie. This is a, I was literally having this conversation with a colleague earlier this morning. We were talking about hair.
0: Oh.
2: Um, and, you know, I was saying, you know, at my last place, I'd been there for donkey's years. Everybody knew me really well. So I felt really confident coming in with my red hair or my blonde highlights yeah. or whatever it was. And she was saying, yeah, I feel really confident coming in with my braids. And, yeah. And then we were having this conversation of, can, can you do that now do we do that now so it's interesting and I know code switching is a bit more around sort of the language and kind of how you carry yourself but I think your your yeah. how you look and how you, you turn is up is also, also yeah. part of that code switching absolutely. so uh, I wish it was a simple yes no answer but I don't think it is so okay. I think and oh it's just so different right on where you work who you work for
0: absolutely it
2: it, it really is It's the culture is, I might feel. the but I would say this, I think if, I think there's never been a better time than as we sit here today to be your authentic self. That's, okay. that's the way I'd put it. I think there's never been a better time um, with all the caveats I said before. <laughs> yeah. I also think um, how you turn up is as much about your own comfort as well as it is about everybody else around you and the environment and the culture and, and how it's received. So I do think it goes both ways. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to think we can just turn up as who we are regardless, yeah. right? Um, companies are falling all over themselves to talk about, bring all yourself to work, be your authentic self. It's all about you. We welcome difference, you know, pick your phrase, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. pick your phrase, f- Phrase companies are falling over backward to say it. So, I I think now's the time to test. Right. Let yeah. Let's test those let's values. Test waters,
0: huh?
2: Right. Yeah. That the organisations are saying they uphold. Right. Yeah. You know, be your true self doesn't mean be your true self, but do da 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 first. That's not being your true self. Right. Uh, now that said, the The spin, this may be controversial, so I'm I'm okay for the audience to disagree with me. This is just a real, this is a real personal view for me, which might not be shared by others, but like anything in life. So if we think about our personal lives, right? You start by saying we code switch all the time Mm -hmm. in our circle of friends, with our parents versus our friends, with older generation versus younger. Like We're doing this all the time as human beings. Does that necessarily mean you're not being authentic? I don't think so. Mm. What that means is actually you're learning to flex different elements of your personality so that you can engage with your audience, right? Again, like comes it. people, this it's is what we do. Side. <laughs> <It's coming through. laughs> this is what we do all day long, right?
1: Yeah, so and so. I
2: think that's, that's the fine line. I, I am not a fan of people reinventing their whole selves to try and fit in with whatever group. This doesn't just have to be about the workplace, right? You wouldn't want to do that with friends because they're probably not your real friends. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like we talk about this all the time yeah. in social circles. You shouldn't fundamentally have to be somebody who you're not to fit in. Fit, I think yeah. that's just the ground rule. Yeah, But should you have an awareness of your surroundings who you're talking to who you're engaging with what the the culture is around you yes right mm-hmm. because as human beings we should be aware of that mm-hmm. i think because that yeah. is respectful and polite of others right yeah. it's not just about us right Or yeah. just about you the individual and i think to not take that into consideration could also be quite selfish, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 doesn't reflect well on, on you as the individual. So code switch is a bit of a trigger word. Yeah. I would say never turn yourself into somebody who you're not for anyone. Yeah. yeah. You know, find find new friends, people. Find new friends.
1: Yeah. No,
2: I <laughs> go it. go work somewhere else if that's what you feel you have to do, because that's not right
1: for yeah. anyone. Yeah.
2: I heard that. Um, but be aware of your environment and think about the different sides of you you can dial up or dial down because we do that as communicators Mm. with each other all day long we do that without even consciously thinking about it
0: so true and good advice because I feel like slightly differently I don't necessarily feel like we can be as authentic yeah that's my personal view I don't necessarily yeah but I also think that's also part of necessarily my upbringing you know, because I feel like a lot Ooh. of the younger people coming up, I feel like they feel like they can maybe move their authentic voices to a yeah. degree. Whereas maybe because yeah. I'm a little bit more coming from an old school background, I feel like yeah. it's like, well, they're saying things you just don't really do at work. Just, don't do. Yeah. just don't do. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, you know, I might talk to my family. I might be, you know, doing chatting in my pack. Well, I'm not going to come into work and talk this through like that. But again, that's also gauging the audience, right? So,
1: yeah, yeah. I think it's a
0: bit, I, I think in well, the ideal world, like what you said is great. I think it's about working out, you know, and dying up and dying down what you need to within the environment but making sure that you're not necessarily changing the whole of you. So yeah. I think that's a really good no. answer, actually. I like that one. So coming back to the industry, when did you become aware um, of the kind of colour bias within the PR and communications industry? Would you, have you always been aware of it, I, like, once you got into the working world? or
1: um,
2: I think probably... It's not until you're trying to move forward and move up, right? I think when you're sort of entry level, just entering, um, you know, again, for me, my experience was I entered companies and businesses that were just diverse by their very nature. So it just didn't really occur to me at that stage. Now, yeah. somebody else might have a very different trajectory if you're trying to, you know, come in through a grad program or, yeah. or do you know what I mean? You're, you're I'm sure that experience would be very different to the entry mm-hmm. I had into the work world. So I think that helped cushion me for a bit, if I'm honest, um, just because of my birth into comms. So I didn't have that realisation until I was trying to move up.
0: Okay.
2: okay. And like many sectors, not just comms, you kind of look up and you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> there's no one that looks,
0: <laughs> that looks like me. Like
2: no <laughs> one, not even one. Um, And I think that was at a stage of my life that I I was really desperate. I say I use the word desperate because I really felt like I needed a mentor. Okay. And I've had some amazing mentors and coaches in my life from all different creeds and walks of life. um, Again, which I'm blessed for. But at this time, I had nobody of color. And it was a real moment where I was like, I really feel like I'm yearning for it. I yeah. need it. Because I guess a little back to that code switching. I, I definitely didn't feel like I could have the kind of conversation we're having today. Yeah. With my white mentor, for example. Yeah. And not be not fearful of consequences, but just again. It's just the
0: understanding. Understand. Yeah. It's, it's just the understanding. understanding. No, I get that. Yeah. No, I get that.
2: And and the level of detail and explaining you have to go into before yeah. you're kind of even getting the advice that you, you know, it just wouldn't work. So yeah. I think it that was a moment for me. And I, I went out and I sought myself a black person to mentor me because that's what I really needed. Um oh, yeah. and I'll I'll name check Karen Blackett, who graciously agreed to be my mentor and what oh, a fabulous okay. mentor she's been for years. But I don't even think I really knew how much I needed that until I had her in my life. Mm. Um, I tell her that all the time, um, oh. and it—it it was my wake-up call. And it's somebody, you know, finding somebody who has done the journey, has had the experiences to help you navigate. Like we do have to navigate this world. Yeah,
0: absolutely. The
2: ship's always turning. The rules are changing.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, you think you have it figured, so you do need that guidance. So, I think. That was a real, and that was probably like mid-career. You know that that bit where you're yeah. trying to be, just kind of move from sort of move manager or mid, mid. Yeah, yeah get it. move I myself get it. up. That that was a real challenge. Um, combined with, like I said, you're looking around you and you're seeing
0: Not your like other people peers looking like you, and it's like, oh, yeah, and it's different paces to you, and you're a bit like, oh, this is big. interesting you're like hang on this is very interesting yeah discuss Yeah. okay that's interesting Really interesting and you mentioned you touched on allyship earlier so I wanted to pick your brain on that Mm. so like you know what are your thoughts on allyship and what does it mean mean to you like what's a great example of allyship I feel like the word's banned about a lot and yeah what does it really mean for you or is it one of those trigger words when you're like I don't want to hear that word anymore
2: (laughs) that is really close (laughs) to that but um, I think for me I I start with it's it's got to be more than words and intent
0: Mm
2: -hmm. right you can't just be an ally and I don't know ally name only
0: yeah
2: Um, because allyship or advocacy let's call it advocacy Mm -hmm. because that's more of an active word it requires you to do something
1: yeah
2: (laughs) not be something it requires you to do something um, and I really think that's where change happens, right? And I think that's where we as a community get really frustrated because we're tired of talking. Mm. And great that people are listening, but to a certain degree, it's like, that's all well and good. We need some action now, Absolutely. right? And the action, um, again, could be controversial, but let's, let's debate, let's throw it out to the audience. Uh, let, let's hone in on Black people we in of itself cannot be the change mm. we in of ourselves cannot be the change simply because of the environment we operate in absolutely
0: and the systemicness, which is, is a
2: little the cool. systemicness which is a bit sad but it's true so therefore we need our we need a- action
1: mm.
2: and we need to be able to partner we need people who can understand our reference point and really understand where we're coming from and work with us Mm -hmm. to get the change that we need if we're going to move anything forward. And I think that's really important. So I do think allyship's important, but I think, you know, there's a danger zone of being an ally and ally name only.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, And that's not a true ally to me. An ally is not just somebody that stands with you but they march with you, they fight for you, mm. they speak up so that yeah. you don't have to yeah, actually. Have to. They speak up and then they take action. Yeah. Like that's advocacy, right? And that, that is what would be fabulous to have everywhere.
0: Yeah, absolutely agree with you on that. Absolutely agree, completely. Mm. So another thing I wanted to ask you about was um, more about you and what kind of motivates you to keep going.
2: Yeah. Depends what day of the week you ask me.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I think overall um, it's something, and again, I was talking to somebody in my team about this yesterday. I need things that feed my soul. That's what keeps me going. So I absolutely love my career. I love what I do or I wouldn't be doing it, but I genuinely love what I do um I'm loving it here else but it's not the only facet of me so what I have learned my lovely older age um and going back to right where we started we're, we're all made up of different facets of ourselves right um and again I didn't realize it when I was a child but there was probably a really good reason I was you know interested in economics but dance and music and sport yeah. because they're they're all genuine sides of me so I need to be able to tap into all of those sides Um, and that helps propel me forward and we know life being the way it is you know sometimes not everything's firing brilliantly and not everything is going in the direction we want it to go when we want it to go there so actually having many things that feed my soul allows me you know when something over here is not quite working as I want it to work I can put some more energy over there and that would feed me and motivate me to deal with the challenges that are over here. Right. So that has become more important to me as I've got older. Um, my family and my children, bedrock. Yeah. So started with my parents. I've now got my own young family, my boys. My husband and I talk about everything we do as far our kids. And I know, you know, of course, that's what parents say, and you know, But it's it's generally true. I talked about everything I'm doing is larger than me. It's not it's not about me actually. It's about what we're teaching and showing our children, it's about the legacy we leave for them, it's about the confidence we want to instill in them, the success we want them to have. So I can't quit, right? I can't give in because there's a higher purpose. I have a higher purpose. purpose. And you know, that's our children. So family i've got an amazing circle of friends um support systems really important life isn't great all the time right uh, um and it's really easy to look into somebody else's life and think it's perfect and yeah. what they've done and but it isn't right yeah. so um i i am not here where i am today by myself i didn't get here by myself i got here with a lovely army of people surrounding me and helping me and picking me up when i fell down so you know All of those things collectively keep me going on a really bad day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's good, though. You need that, don't you? It's all part of the balance, isn't it? So that's important. And you're aware of what keeps you going. So I think that's really important. So what would you say you found most challenging on your journey so far? Most
2: challenging? Probably finding my voice. I've I've kind of made it sound easy in this this chat. Like, oh, yeah, I just woke up one day and I had confidence (laughs) and I was speaking up. Um it, it wasn't. Yeah. Um finding my voice, leaning in, you know, we've talked a lot about today of awareness of who you are, being yeah. black, you know, that's a journey. It's yeah, a journey, I mean, it's... and it's not just one incident or you know, experience, it's a multitude of things. Um and so along the way, I've had some real lows. I've had some real lows in my life and and lows that I didn't think I'd come back from. So you know, really emerging from that and having a true understanding of who I am and being really comfortable with who I am oh, wow. is really important to me, yeah. really important to me because I, I got very, very lost, you know, yeah. years ago and I don't want to ever go back there. So yeah. it's, it's important. and And I go back to the support system and people picking me up when yeah. I couldn't pick myself up. So yeah. it's been probably less about, work challenges per se it's been personal like it's personal life challenges that have impacted me at work or just impacted my well-being or how I turn up right
0: those have been my biggest challenges absolutely get that Mm because even things like you know even seeing things like George Floyd and things like that you know that has an impact on people around the world particularly people of color and I don't think everyone realizes the amount of trauma that black people are walking Mm -hmm. around with because yep. of those sort of fears or those things that have happened, you know. So there's a lot to sort of unpick and manage, and mental health is really, really important to keep an Definitely. eye on. You know. Definitely. So moving a little bit into the employer side sort of things, I wanted to ask you. So you know, people looking for jobs all the time, and you know, talk about mm-hmm. you have a great environment. You just mentioned that you're really yes. having a great time where you are now. So what is it that you want from your employer when you're looking for roles, and what makes a good working environment for you?
2: well, this is really interesting at at this life stage that I'm at. So I think if you'd asked me that question, you know, 10 years ago, or maybe even five years ago, it would have been all the really typical stuff. So, you know, the job's got to be interesting. It's got to sort of fulfill all my capabilities and needs, you know, a good brand, perhaps, good reputation, all of those things, good money, obviously. Um, All of those things are still valid. I think my biggest end and probably the bit that I've dialed up more so now, is cu- it's everything we've talked about today. It's culture, it's yeah. environment.
0: yeah
2: and, and that actually trumps a lot of those other things. A lot things. of the
0: other things, yeah, I can imagine. Um,
2: and again, yeah. I didn't recognize how important that was to me until I was in an environment where I didn't have it. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and so I i search for that probably in a way that I definitely never used to or even probably consider. Um, and I've had really good luck of the draw that I've kind of landed places and it's been great, but that has been luck as opposed to me seeking it out. Right. Um, whereas now I I actively seek it out. And it's not an easy thing. You know, you talked about, you know, people are job hunting, looking for roles, applying. It's not the kind of thing you get from a from an ad mm. or, you know, a, a role description because As we know, all the lovely words will be used. It will say all the right things. And I think our challenge is to really lift under the bonnet during the interview process and remember that an interview process is two way. And I include myself in this. We go into interviews and we're like, oh, God, it's like them interviewing me. And it's all about what I can demonstrate I can bring to the organization. This is a little courting dance we're doing here. So you said organization.
0: yes I have to same need, you yeah, need to want, entice me yeah absolutely <laughs> I thought that I was the only crazy one like that I am definitely like that too because when I used to go for interviews I used to be like well is this two way do I want to work with you people you know you want yeah, me I want exactly. do, do I like your energy <laughs> this a good place Do I need to be here you know so absolutely exactly. agree with you on that I think that's so important
2: when you are looking so but it's so easy to forget like it's yeah. so easy to forget um and so we have to you know if 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 we don't remember ourselves have someone around you that can remind you yeah. that's that's what we're doing here it's a two way dance yeah. it's not it's not just one way and there are different ways to like it's not a fail safe process sometimes you know you really generally think something's great and it's the right fit for you and you walk in and it's not um and that could also be hard because yeah. quite often we don't have the luxury of just turning around and walking back out the door mm,
1: exactly um
2: but i think You know, again, where as much as you can give yourself as much choice and almost latitude to be in control of your own destiny destiny
0: as possible. And
2: and if you are somewhere where you really feel like you don't fit, it's not the culture for you or dare I even say it is really damaging to you on a personal level you might not have to stay there as much as you think you have to stay there. What you might have to do is stay there for a period of time while you work out your exit strategy, yeah, for instance. Exactly. Um, and so, the, you know, there are different ways to think about it. I'd, 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 I speak to people who generally feel like they're stuck somewhere, that they're really unhappy and that breaks my heart. And it's about finding different options and, and there might be some timing to put around those options. Yeah. So that you can fulfill your financial needs, your well-being needs, your family needs, all of that. But, you know, there's nothing to stop you from planning moving somewhere else where you can be happier. So, again, it's another remember how happy you are in a role is just as important as is your employer happy with you?
0: (laughs) absolutely agree with you. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. You know, (laughs) cut from the same cloth when it comes to that. Absolutely. Because my attitude is very much the same. And, you know, I was not independent, but when I was in employment, it was a case of, you know, if you weren't happy, maybe move out to something that's a bit more suitable but make sure you're yeah. happy because I've been in that position where you're in a, a, a job where actually the job was good but the people around me were making it really difficult mm. it was a horrible environment um, yeah. so I was like well i enjoy the job but I'm gonna have to find something similar to this but elsewhere because this environment isn't for me and I don't feel like I'm excelling it um, because it was just the very toxic environment. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like you've just got to make the decision what's right for you. And sometimes yes. you feel pressured. And I know a lot of people feel like because they're in a job, they've got their mortgages and they feel like they are yep. stuck to it. But, no, you can have an exit plan and, you know, yep. execute that so that you can help take yourself out of that. So completely agree with you. Completely, completely agree. agree with you. <laughs> another question I asked, which I think is a, it's not, it's, a, it's just a diversity question, right? Yep. So I, it's what does diversity look like to you? Because I feel like, you know, everyone, all the companies are going on about diversity um, and inclusion because they add in the inclusion yes. now, which I'm glad to see. But yeah. I feel like the inclusion is important, but I feel like the equity part is the bit that a lot of people are missing.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but what does it look like for you? What do you think? Ideally the first,
2: <laughs> yes. Ideally, I would love to erase the words diversity and inclusion from our vocabulary.
0: Yeah, we do not need it. We
2: because we don't need so it. So
0: well. because it just is yes we
2: won't need terms for any of it because it just is so that's my dream
0: yeah
2: so that is my dream um but what it what it means to me is if I if I start from my own point of reference I don't want to be the only one in the room Mm -hmm. um and you know there's there's your sort of traditional diversity characteristics there's diversity of thought I just want to see a lovely mix yes Like let's just let's not I don't need all the corporate labels yeah I love being in a room around table with a group of people some that have similarities to me because mm-hmm. we're human creatures and, mm-hmm. and we seek comfort in those that are like us and, and I think there's also something to be said for that I don't think every element of your life has to be different <laughs> oh,
0: <I> can <laughs> you know, we can
2: go too extreme yeah um so you were like some like-minded people around you, but I love it when someone is literally like the polar opposite for me.
1: Yeah. Like
2: I love it because they challenge me in a different way. I can be like, oh, you had such a brilliant idea. I'm really annoyed that you had that. Idea. <laughs> but I love it. I yeah. love that you bring that to the table and I don't actually. And that's also okay.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I love having conversations with people who don't have the same ideas as me mm. or thoughts, right? Because isn't that interesting? So For me diversity is just about a mix it's a mix of everything
1: yeah everything every
2: dimension you could possibly think of and the reason it's important and i'll move it away we know all the obvious corporate reasons why it's important and i fully believe in those but ultimately let's take it back to being human beings who interact with social beings right by our very nature doesn't it just make life a bit more interesting
0: i believe it does I think right. it really does, and for the bottom line too. I mean, it's it's been right. shown to prove that you know, increasing yeah. the bottom line for companies. So why not?
2: Isn't yeah. it just a bit more fun, a bit different? Yeah. Like, why would we want same, 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 same? Likewise, I you know, I, I also flip it on its head because it's really easy just to think about it from the minority perspective. But I also wouldn't want to be in a situation where I'm only ever around black people.
0: Yeah, you need to be want it mixed. I think I it's good. I feel like that's fine. I think that that that's me yeah. makes sense. You know, everyone's yeah. got their preferences, but I feel like, yeah, you mix for me. I was always the only black woman in the yeah. room. Yeah. So, so I noticed that, but I might, you know, I've worked in education, I've worked a lot in health. And yes, it was definitely usually I'm the only one apart from a cross department meeting, and I'd be like, oh yes, there's one over there. Yes, you fine. know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and and that, yeah. That, yeah, exactly. It's almost, you know, spotting somebody who looks like you. But again, it's that point you make, which is actually seeing someone like yourself in the room, but also just seeing a mix, you know, a mix of different people, which is great, different cultures. Yeah. And they have so much more to bring to the table. So, I, yeah, I completely agree with you. Definitely. 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 All right. We're going to move into the proudest moments before we wrap up with mindset. Right. So, okay. so tell us about, you know, your proudest moment. It could be a work or personal one or just or a career highlight, if you like.
2: I think obviously well maybe not obviously my proudest moment was becoming a mum yeah hands, hands down hands Yay. down like the circle of life is pretty amazing
0: pretty amazing absolutely it is
2: pretty amazing these
0: mini-me's walking around the mini-me's like, yeah suddenly yeah.
2: you've got you've got a whole level of responsibility it's just as weird I, like, I remember my husband and I going to the hospital with our first son um, and then it was like when we come back there's going to be three of us <laughs> How weird is that? It's weird. You know that, like, realize that there's a whole other yeah, person. a whole human being, a little
0: human being here, <laughs> and they're not going back anyway. You and know? they're not they're going, going back, back you know?
2: right? So definitely proudest moment, and then that continues. Like again, you, I think when you have children, you really see your life played out through them, mm. and so we continually have little gems of moments of like, that's really touching, you know. Yes. And sometimes the good, bad, and ugly, right? The if, if you'll indulge me in a little story. Um, and this isn't a proud you know, moment. qualms
0: people. Storytelling is what we do.
2: Storytelling. So <laughs> this isn't a proud moment, but it was an insightful moment. Okay. Um, and this was in the lead up to George Floyd before that happened. And my husband was doing the school run, picking the kids up, dropping them home. And they must have been driving by, you know, a police car had pulled over another car and was arresting some people on the side of the road. And my son, my younger son at the time,
1: turned to him and said, Daddy, why are all black people bad?
0: Oh. Right? Yeah, it's just hot. I'd be like, "It's ooh, like, ooh. ooh. yeah. It's
2: just, That's yeah. a moment, right? Yeah, it like, it moment. still gives me chills. And I remember yeah. my husband calling me at work, and he was like, "Oh, we need a family meeting. <laughs> we, need,
0: yeah.
2: we need to have some talks. And it was, I think my son was about, actually, it was, it was well before George Floyd boy but he was like seven or eight like he was still okay. quite young and actually we sat him down and we had a talk and just trying to understand where that comment came from what he was thinking of and he was absorbing everything in his surrounding he talked mm-hmm. about what he sees on the news and on tv he talked about what he sees on television mm-hmm. he talked just about stereotyping how adults talk about black people and yeah. i was just like this little being is absorbing the sponge
0: they, they are
2: yeah all of this So there's that, and then there's the whole thing that he was talking about black people as if he wasn't part, like he wasn't black, which was also odd. Um, That was a real moment for us. And and actually flipping it back to a proud moment was just our realization of, of how we probably actually weren't doing a good enough job to engross our children in our culture, right? And sort of kind of hoping, thinking, they're absorbing all the right things because we yeah. think we're exposing them to all the right things. But actually the negativity is what's dominating in their mind. Mm. So the proud moment is how I think, you know, they're a few years older now and how we've turned that around and yeah. we use that as a real teaching moment yeah. for them. Um, some of the things we wish we still didn't have to teach our children, but sadly we do. Mm. But it was, a, it, I, I think hopefully in years to come, when someone asked them about their blackness and when they first realized they were black, Mm. I think that was a moment.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I definitely. think
2: that was a moment for them. So, my kids continue to be
0: my proudest moment. But that was a difficult um, one, though, Jennifer. But it's, because, i mean, I mean—that's—that's that's heart-wrenching. And right. It's so it's—it's it's so difficult because you want to explain it, and you—you—it's hard with the media the way that they paint the picture of us, yes. the images. You know, then you walk past, You know, you see someone getting pulled over. You yeah. have no idea what, what that's going on right. there, but you just see a black person, and you're thinking, yeah. you know, you know. What little kid is just thinking what the heck, what is going on what, here? What it's just it was heartbreaking. Terrible. It, is, it is heartbreaking. I it, like it, it. Literally brought tears to my
2: eyes, and if I continue to talk about it, it would still do because it, it was yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely heartbreaking. But
0: obviously, you got through to him. You got to explain it. And yes, that, so we got that's to that's explain.
2: Brilliant. Yeah, we totally yeah. turned it around. We turned it yeah. around. Um, and then I think with with my work hat on, I kind of go back to some of the adversity that I have experienced in my life. And when I look back at that thing, my God, where, I'm, where I am today, like back then when I was as low as I could have been, I never in a quadrillion years would have thought I'd be sitting here talking to you. Like I just, I couldn't yeah. see it. I couldn't yeah. see it. So I am really proud of everything that has led me up to this point, what I'm doing now and hopefully what I'll do in the future, whatever yeah. that is. So it, it makes me proud, not just for the sort of, Pure success of I've got this role, or I'm working for this company, but just the achievements I've been able to have despite some of the real life challenges Calum that I've had
0: along. Oh, that's great! Yeah. that's good. Be proud, yeah. absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, what are your thoughts about how you think the industry will evolve over the next, over the next few years? Because I feel like things are changing everywhere. But what do you think will be? Yeah, I
2: really hope. I hope we don't lose momentum. Mm. i really do i fear that we might Mm. it's it's a genuine fear i don't want us to lose momentum i think we need to keep the energy up we need those (laughs) advocates
0: yeah
2: we need the advocacy we need to not fall off the agenda
0: yeah yeah which happens easily (laughs) which
2: happens so i really hope this continues to be a turning point and actually we'll be you know in x number of years having a podcast talking about do you see how diverse
0: comms is now
2: in our industries do you remember when there was one or two of us
0: yeah exactly and now
2: there's double digit triple digit you know like i just
0: that
2: that is what i genuinely hope um i continually see lots of amazing talent coming into our industry
0: yeah
2: it isn't staying in our industry
0: and talent is the the key isn't it it's retaining the talent
2: so I really want us to think about what retaining talent looks like. And that is yeah. the inclusion point, right? You yeah, can absolutely. bring diversity all you like.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> but if we don't feel like we fit, if we don't feel included, if we don't feel part of the environment. We're
0: to stay around. Absolutely. We're not going
2: to stay around. Absolutely. And, and the younger generation definitely is not going to stay yeah. around. Yeah. So I would I would really hope and, and like to see that shift a bit quicker than it is at the moment.
0: At the moment. Yeah. I agree um, with that.
2: So, yeah, let's, let's, let's hope we'll be having a very different conversation in the not-too-distant future. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so what kind of key lessons have you learned throughout your career? What advice would you give to young people of colour considering mm-hmm. entering the
1: industry? Mm-hmm.
2: So given everything I talked about, about identity, know yourself is my, is my big takeaway. And sometimes that's hard, right? Because we find ourselves in different ways at different Points in our lives. So it's not a hard, fast rule. But I spent a lot of energy trying to be what somebody kept telling me I should be or could be or whatever. And I didn't spend enough time in my early career figuring out who I was and therefore who I wanted to be and then working towards that. I figured that out really late. Um, I do think the younger generation is ahead of us already on that, which I love. Which I love. I do think there's a bit of a generational, you know, we talked about that just of yeah. kind of upbringing, kind of what you're told and the rules you follow. So I'm, I'm hoping that will naturally happen. But that yeah. would be my top tip. Because when you have a real strong anchor of who you are, a lot of these challenges that we've talked about today are easier to navigate. Easier to navigate,
0: absolutely. Yeah, they are I easier to that.
2: navigate. So I would do what you need to do to have some real soul searching time to yeah. figure that out and surround yourself. So top tip number two, surround yourself with people that want to see you succeed.
0: Yeah. 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 Very good. Not every,
2: not everybody wants to
0: see you win. Yeah. Very true. Right.
2: Find the people that really want to see you win and that support system will become phenomenal. Yeah. It will be phenomenal and it doesn't have to be hundreds of people, you know, one or two is fabulous. It's fabulous. Well, that's all you need.
0: Yeah. absolutely. It's all you need, but yeah.
2: find them, suss them out and then hang on to them for dear life because they, they will pick you up when you're down. They will give you the advice and guidance you need. Um, it enables you to be able to bounce. Yeah. It also enables you to have a safe space be yeah, that's yourself important. right yeah, a really important. safe space so yeah. I'm a big believer in that and and that includes I'm not just talking work right yeah, your whole life, right? ecosystem yeah yeah um, and I've seen I've seen people surround themselves with friends that don't have you know questionable whether they're friends but they don't they're not interested in seeing them um, succeed and so therefore they bring you down rather than lift yeah, you, up. So you up so it's it's your whole circle is quite important.
0: Yeah. Very good advice there. Very good advice. Mm. And on to the mindset cuz are wrapping up a bit now. So, how do you deal with the kind of internal mindset war cuz you know, you know we've got, you know, limiting beliefs, we've got sometimes on some days we've got negative thoughts coming in and yeah. you say that the majority of our thoughts are negative. Yeah. So we have to work harder to you know, pushing the positive So what kind of things do you do to kind of deal with that? I'll
2: start I Back to the support system. That's why I okay. built the support system, and I, you know, I include my husband is a pillar in that. He's yeah. he's a brilliant. He's brilliant at sort of challenging me, pushing me. You know, so when you're thinking of your partners,
0: get yeah, someone partners, to be be, yeah, really you know,
2: important, yeah, really important, right? Yeah. Um. So it starts there. Starts at home. Um. But again, I go back to the different facets of myself. So. When my mindset's a bit blurry, when the negative thoughts are there, when I'm having my imposter syndrome, when I feel like I can't do it, because that happens. I mean, I'm sure yeah, at least one of those thoughts, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I draw on other things. Um, and like you said, the psychology is we actually look for the things that qualify our limiting beliefs. So I consciously look <laughs> for the things that qualify my greatness. Good. You know, and kind of reinforce why I am good enough, why I should be at the table, why I deserve to be here. I don't need to be grateful. I deserve to be here. Um, I do come from a sporting background, so mindset's really important in sport, and I draw on that every day. And again, I don't think I appreciated that when I was doing sport. Um, It's also why, again, another podcast, but why I believe sport is so important in school. It's not just about being an elite athlete it it fundamentally builds resilience
0: yeah
2: it doesn't matter what your skill level is but it it tests you in a very different way so I draw on that every day and I do I'm a firm believer in it enables me to turn up very differently in the workplace because I can go in my zone I know how to go in my zone and do tunnel vision and focus in I know how to push myself to an uncomfortable place so that I can grow and propel forward I know how to work my competition. I know how, like, all of those things are from sport.
0: Amazing. So it does enable
2: me to kind of get my head right,
0: right when yeah. it's not yeah. feeling right. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool, actually. I didn't really think about that, but you, you're right. When you think about sports and what it teaches you, Yeah. absolutely spot on, spot yeah. on. I was going to ask you how you managed it in Belize, but you, you covered it anyway. So, <laughs> so looking back on your journey, would you do it all over again? Ooh,
2: I think the answer is yes to that, because I truly believe there are no mistakes. I think okay. I think I think things need to happen the way they need to happen for us to get to where we're getting to yeah. get to where we're going. Yeah. And sometimes that's really hard. Sometimes we don't understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do that that's that's my belief system. Yeah. So, I don't think I would change anything because it's like one of those movies, right? Like if you went through that door instead of that door, what would your life what be? Would be like? What would it be now? I don't, I don't know. And maybe it would be equally as good. Maybe it'd be better. I, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I know that I'm where I'm supposed to supposed be. To and be. I know the journey that I went on was the thing that I needed to do
1: to get me here.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. I agree <laughs> with that. And uh, a little bit of a cheap question. So what's the best,
2: and worst advice you have been given. Ah, um, so the best advice I I was given was know your value.
0: Yeah.
2: And your self worth.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Which I very was very like, good.
0: Good advice. That's
2: a bit very powerful. That was from the wonderful Karen Blackett.
0: Amazing.
2: Um, <laughs> the worst advice I ever got, which I got several times, actually, quite interestingly enough. Um. <laughs> was you need to be
1: more aggressive in the workplace. Ooh. Sorry. Exactly. If
2: you want to be a senior leader, you're going to have to lose a bit of that passion and just be more assertive and more aggressive. I read that as in, I think they were telling me to be a bit more like a man and less like a woman. I don't mm. know. I don't know what it meant but I didn't take kindly to
0: it. No, I wouldn't have either. You know, less passion. I mean, what are too we doing passion. here? Too more passionate. aggressive. Did this person realize it is speaking to a black woman who i typically seen has you know, angry black women and you're exactly. saying we should go and be more aggressive. Yeah. Okay, so what, just, just put a stereotype on my forehead. Should I just walk around? I mean, this is crazy. Absolutely interesting and Ludicrous. Ludicrous, Wow, yeah. well, we know you didn't take that advice, so that's why. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness me and my last question for you is do you have any rules that you've implemented along your career journey now like to help you go mm. forward
2: rules um
0: well I picked up one of your rules which you said about uh you know going for the interviews two-way process yeah two-way, two-way process, way process. Yeah, that's definitely one of them. Um, know yourself is also
2: yeah. a rule. I do think it is a rule. Know your values. Um, know your values another one. And I think the other one is never go back. Don't go ah, backwards.
0: Don't go backwards.
2: My husband okay. told me that one.
0: Yeah,
2: interesting. Don't go backwards. Everything you do, like everything, must be something that propels you, propels forward. you. forward. Yeah. From the tiniest thing all the way through to the biggest thing. If it's not adding value to your life, to your career, to who you are, waste the time.
0: Yeah, it's good advice. Very good advice from your husband. I like that one. I think I'll nick that one too. It is a brilliant one. It (laughs) It is is a brilliant one. one.
2: And therefore I tell people that um, I don't do anything by accident. Nothing you see me doing is accidental. It's purposeful. It's what I want to be doing. There's a reason for me doing I, I just don't do stuff that doesn't give me something back.
0: Yeah, yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Amazing, Jennifer. Thank you. Can't believe you've gotten to the end of it. I've enjoyed chatting with oh, this you. This has so been much. great. It's been so wonderful. So thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. Okay. And it has been wonderful speaking to you. Now, if anybody wants to get in contact with you, I suppose they can find you on LinkedIn, right? <laughs> They can. Okay. Take her on LinkedIn, Jennifer Thomas, the wonderful Jennifer Thomas. So (laughs) thank you so much. It has been wonderful speaking with you, Jennifer Thomas, who is head of comms, data, and analytics for the London Stock Exchange group. Um, And I will be back again, speaking with some more comms colleagues pretty soon. So stay tuned and thanks for watching hi everyone thank you so much for having me absolutely loved it thank you